everyone. God bless. Good to see you. I see some faces. Hey, Dan. God bless. Hey, Jen. Hey, Addy. Uh, Carl and Andrea, good to see you. Um, it's a good day to be together in the Lord. It's a wonderful day to worship his name. I'm so glad that we've been able to join together like this um, and share time together. I'm thrilled that I get to see people because it's great. I'm not just talking to myself today. And uh, I welcome you to our church, Mosaic Community Church. Today we have as our worship leader, um, our one of our founders, Brad Zinn, who's going to be sharing worship with, with us. So I want everybody to sit back and enjoy and let the Lord just speak to our hearts today. Let's pray together. Our God, we thank you so much for this day that you've made, unlike any, any other. In it, we choose to rejoice, Lord, and to be glad. We choose, Lord, to find our source, our strength in you. We choose, Father, to be together and to be family to one another. Our prayer is that you would bless this experience. Our, my prayer is that you would bless this household of faith, that we would be grow stronger and more united through this time. Let's show Nothing here is hidden. 
Don't let your hearts be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. And God is madly in love with you. Take courage, hold on. Be strong. Remember where our help comes from. No Trouble. 
praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Swing wide, all you heavens, let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Swing wide, swing wide, all you heavens. Thank you very much. Listen, um, so we had a wonderful time of uh, prayer Friday. It was just a few of us, but it was good. And so we were praying about uh, our folks who are seniors. We prayed for um, those who are having babies and that the laws would change uh, or the, I don't know, the protocols would change and allow dads into, uh, into the rooms. And uh, I know it's changed in New York. We're praying that it trickle down to us. Um, we pray for this to be a season of unity for the churches. We pray for so many things and God's presence was with us. And so um, I wanna pray again right now um, for uh, Melanie Gilchrist. Her mom and dad um, are both in the hospital right now. Uh, my mom is doing better. She should get out today. Um, 
what we thought she should get out yesterday. She sounds good. That's all I care about, right? So, uh, but any anyone else who's has a friend or a loved one who's sick, we want to pray for them today, um, along with the medical staff. So, Lord, we lift them up before you. We can call the names of Beverly and Jerome uh, Gilchrist, Lord. We can call the name of Cleo. But there are so many other names that, that we don't have on our lips, Lord. Joe's mom, who are in the hospital, Father, and we're unsure. Some have COVID-19, uh, others don't. But Lord, we know that you know every situation and that your words and promises are true. We thank you, oh God, this morning for being with everyone. Your promise is never to leave nor to forsake. And so I thank you, Father, for being present in the hospital, not only being present in your spirit, but being present through the people, Lord, you have in those hospitals, Lord, the body of Christ. I pray that you would strengthen them. Uh, to endure the long hours. I pray, oh God, that you would strengthen their immune systems, Father, and help them to do the things they need to do to stay healthy, drinking water, Father, eating meals, getting sleep. I pray for their families that you would protect them, Father, as they are being constantly exposed, Lord. And I, and I just, I ask, Lord, that, because I don't want to neglect to ask, that you would bring the season of this virus across the world to a quick and steady end. I pray that young people would take it seriously, Father. I pray that older people would take it seriously, Lord, and stay home and allow others to care for them. Um, Lord, I pray that even in the midst, bad things happen, but you are able to take bad situations and make good out of them. And so we look for you, Father, in the midst of these situations, in the name of Jesus. Um, you are our peace. You are our source. And you have resurrection power. And that you've blessed us with that power. So, Lord, just please raise up so many from the bed. They're, they're sick beds today, Lord. Get them off the ventilators. But, Father, even in the midst of their... Uh, induced comas, I pray, Lord, that you would stir in them a desire to live, a desire, and that they would speak your words, we shall live and not die, and declare the wondrous works of God. This is our hope. This is our prayer, and we're consistent in it, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I um, took time. I tried to take some time off yesterday, and it was a uh, it was really hard. So I just went with what was happening. And as people and things came to my mind, I just prayed over them. Over them. But I uh, stayed quiet yesterday. I just felt like I needed it. And I, I want to encourage us to do the same as you need to uh, kind of squirrel away and be quiet and rest. Um, someone said to me, you know, I shouldn't be tired. I'm not going through anything. Yeah, we are all going through something. Okay. And it has emotional impact on us. And that can make you exhausted. And so don't let yourself play those head games. We are going through something. This is quite an experience. So take care of yourself. It's really important. Amen. All right. So today's sermon, I know you guys are loving like 40-minute church, but I won't get mad at you. So, <laughs> But today, we're going to keep that up. 
Um, and our message is, I've been set free to know God. Um, the writer of Philippians says in chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, I want to know Christ, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, becoming like him in death and so somehow to obtain the resurrection from the dead. I want to know him, is what he said. Um, as a young woman, a teenager, when I read those words, um, it thrilled me. Everything was new in my relationship with God. I was so excited and the Bible was making sense to me. And so um, I remember praying, asking God to reveal God's self to me. Now, the young man who led me to Christ uh, told me I could have this personal relationship with God um, and that God would speak to me in different ways. And I was always excited about that, that, that the creator of heaven and earth wanted to talk to me. That was a good thing. He told me um, that I recognized God speaking to me the more I studied God's word and the more I spent time talking to God and asking God questions. And I found out that that's true. I shared before that one of the most significant things I've learned about God is that God exists in relationship, parent, son, spirit, and that together they are God, the triune God. People in church were singing songs like Holy, Holy, Holy that, that ended in God in three persons, Blessed Trinity. That's all I knew about the Trinity. And so when I actually took some time to study it, it was like a revelation. Um, knowing God, that the parent, son, and spirit are God makes reading that original verse, Genesis 126, so different for me. It said, let us make humanity in our image and in our likeness. It became very different. And if you allow me, uh, I'd like to read it to you this way. Let us, the united God, make a united community in our image, the many being one, and in our likeness, and then exist in relationship, and then let them exist in relationship with one another. Now that's very cool, and that's a very different reason. It uh, uh, reading, it blows away all that virtuous, noble, one person pulling themselves up by their bootstrap kind of mythology that we have that is based in part on this, this thing we have in our head about I as an individual just representing the reflection of God in the earth. God created us to be in relationship with one another. And the Imago Dei is not simply me as an individual being created in God's image, but it's about us being united and holy and healthy and loving relationship, reflecting God's image. Men, women, bi, non-binary, white and all uh, the brown people of the world, or however we choose to distinguish ourselves, living and loving in community, in humanity, in relationship with one another. The Trinity isn't a hierarchy. And so we've often talked about it being Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and it's not. It's a unity, a mosaic, an interpenetrating unity, meaning that there is a love so deep that the triune God exists for the best of each other. And God would have us exist for the best of one another as humans. How I wish we would understand this better. I remember growing up and being so frustrated um, I just couldn't stand the way I hurt people, people hurt me, the harm we did. Um, 
I got mad at God about it. And I, and I remember um, wondering and asking him, why didn't he create us in a way that we had to follow what he said? It would be make things much more simple and we wouldn't have any problems. I wanted kind of that robotic thing. Um, and that way there'd be no separation from each other. And we would exist in kind of a, a, a place without pain. Then this understanding of God came crashing into my head. Real love doesn't seek to manipulate or control. Uh, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love. Real love, authentic love, cheers when there's self-discovery. The revelation of God's gifts and callings in another's life. And authentic love cheers with courage. And it admires the courage it takes and rejoices in your and my victory when we choose to do what's right, what's good, what helps and lifts up others. Genuine love thrives in interdependency. The triune God who is love, the triune God that exists in loving relationship created us to exist in loving relations by choice and not by demand. It was as if God said, let us, the united God, make a united humanity in our image, meaning the one being many, and let them find their existence in relation to one another. And let them choose to be guided in this through choosing a relationship with God. I want to know God. I can know about many people through books and other people's firsthand experiences, but I can only know someone in the time it takes to discover them, in the time it takes to build and nurture a relationship with them. I wanna know God so I know that it requires time and investment on my part. God knows me because God is always here watching, listening, participating in what I'm doing, but I have to give him an invitation to join together and share the experience. And sometimes I forget that, but I'm growing to a place that more often I remember and I'll say things in my head, like, do you see this Lord? You know, and, and, and bless God, especially, you know, how we are with our kids. When my kids are doing something, I'm just, you know, thank you God for that gift. But just in life circumstances to remember, you know, whether it's hard and I have to make a phone call to someone whose parent is sick and, I don't know what to say all the time. And so I find myself calling on the Lord and asking God to be with me, make this conversation with me, this, this phone call with me. And we can do that in our day-to-day -day lives. I take, while I take great joy and comfort from what I've learned from my teachers telling me about God, nothing has compared and nothing has transformed me more than knowing God for myself knowing myself in relation to God. That relationship has healed me in ways that have enabled me to forgive, which I, I highlight is one of the most important things because in the places in my life that I'm haunted, I'm haunted in those places where I've been hurt and damaged and it's hard to forgive, to let go. But knowing God has allowed me to forgive people and even forgive the church and myself when I fail to live in the ways that reflect my knowing of God, the spirit, the son, the father, 
But Genesis 126 did not read. Uh, I don't know what I meant to say there, so I'm going to skip it. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, what it says is, and let the united humanity live in relationship, not only with God. Sorry, I got it. What, what Genesis 26, 126 went on to say was that we weren't only supposed to have a relationship with one another and with God. We were supposed to have a, a relationship with the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock. And, in, and, and have a relationship with the earth, um, even the smallest critters that, that crawl on the earth. Let them live and dwell with all creation in interdependency. It's like, it's like God was saying that, that we were supposed to have this interpenetrating unity, this, this intimacy with the entire world because we depend on it to live. It depends on us. What we do or what we have done has damaged the world. It's damaged the animal kingdom. And we live and have been taught, at least I was taught growing up, that the, the big words in those, that Genesis 126 verse was how we were supposed to subdue the earth, to have rule over it and have dominion. And the way we defined dominion was this heretical thing. But the reflection of God's image is not a reflection of hierarchy, but unity in love. And so we are compelled in that reflection to love our world, to love people. And it is for me as a redefining, a re-understanding, a reimagining of those Genesis verses. So we are the highest and most, uh, 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 I don't know, authoritative of God's creation. And we have reign. But how many times has God been so hard on you and has pushed his authority on you and damaged you? God hasn't done me like that. And we need to reflect that in our relationships with one another and with our very earth that is crying out for change. And that the season of us sheltering in place and quarantining and the factory um, smokestacks being still are giving the earth another chance. I wonder what they're gonna say. Before all this happened, they told us we had 10 years before we went into an extreme crisis in the earth. And I wonder when this is all over, what they're gonna say, how much time we got back because we were still. And so, no, the virus isn't good, but God often takes something that was not meant for good and brings about good. He doesn't need evil to accomplish good, but he can always accomplish good through what we have to offer. That we've been living, uh, Sorry, guys. Um, knowing God shapes, clarifies, and defines every relationship we have. We exist in relationship. I exist in the earth. The earth exists in relationship to me. But the writer of uh, Philippians said, not only I want to know him, Christ. Paul said, I want to know the power of his resurrection. You see, coming to understand God better, coming to know God and how God shapes, clarifies, and defines our relationship brings us to a place of need. Now, I see how um, the attitudes and thoughts and actions I have uh, 
have been contrary to God, not just God's plan, but contrary to the very being of God. My desire is to know God. And that means I want to know and set things right. When I come into that understanding of who God is, when I come into that understanding of how God wants me to live in a relationship that is healthy and life-giving, then it makes me want to set right, to fix those relationships I have with family, those relationships I have with friends, even the way I recycle the doggone trash in my house so that I live in ways that are healthy with the earth. I need the power of resurrection. I want to know that power of God's resurrection in my life. I want to relate to this earth and its people. I want a new life. I want to be restored, meaning for me, um, I feel like we live in such uh, fake and facades that I want to know what's real and authentic. Sometimes living in in authenticity, authenticity, there you go, scares the mess out of me because people are really going to see me. And I have to cope with, am I enough? And am I going to embarrass myself? Or are they going to like me? And, you know, we all want to say, I don't care what anybody thinks about me and all that, but it's just not true. We do care. But living an authentic life before someone else allows them to be authentic with you. And how many times have you and I been in a situation where we just let our guard down and started talking to people and they were like, thank you. I'm so glad you said that, you know, Um, more and more. I want that. But to have that, it requires the power of the resurrection in my life. I want to be to live with someone who has been reborn in relationships with you that are honoring and caring and healthy. I want to experience God's power to bring restoration. I want that for Christ's church. I want it sometimes so bad it makes me cry as I'm praying about how separated we are as a church in the United States and how we kind of boast and take pride in our varying attitudes and how they're better than the other. And that you know, what we're saying is how I'm better than these people who think that way. And it's just like, Lord, forgive me when I do that because this isn't a game and, and, and there's not a, a a winner, I win and they lose. We're all supposed to get there together. So I pray that God would give me a revelation on how to talk to people who disagree with me and how to talk to people who just astonish me sometimes on what they believe and what they say. And I need the Lord to touch their lives so they will get it. And I think it comes through this understanding of what it means to reflect the image of God because everything I believe Everything in scripture and in life is based on that first doctrine, the doctrine of the nature of God. And how understanding that will transform the way we live. So I believe that God can transform, but it takes more than one person. It may start with one and it's good. Scripture says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All thing, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And I believe that happens 
And that's part of the resurrection experience we have with God. The change in our relationship, knowing God, takes place through the power of the resurrection. That Christ died, and so we died with him. And that when we are raised up, we are raised up in new life through our belief, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not something that's about uh, insurance from hell and all the all those things we tell, we've told ourselves over the years. It is about the desire to have this relationship with God. I do not worry, and I'm going to keep repeating it because I think it takes repetition. I do not worry about going to heaven and hell. I don't. What I want is a relationship with God because wherever God is, there I will be. So I don't have to worry about all that stuff. I want to know him. And the more I know him, I can be like him and live this way that, that, that makes people better. I'm a, you know, in the Enneagram, I'm a one and I'm, I'm a, um, an advocate and an idealist. And these are the ideals, but they're the ideals of the kingdom. And I believe with my whole heart that the kingdom coming together is the greatest manifestation of God's presence in the earth there is. And I live for that. And when the kingdom is in, break, in breaking into the earth, oh my God, you see it and you know it and you recognize it. And it feels so good. And it can happen anytime we're gathered together. That's why he said when two or three are gathered, there I am. It can break in. But we have to decide to be unified in those moments and not complaining about this little thing or that little thing, but in our worship of God, giving our lives over, not just in song, but the living is the worship of God. We can have this. And I want to see it more and more when we come together and we'll know it and can smile at each other, that knowing smile, that knowing grin that says, yeah, God is here. This is, this is cool. This is all right. The, the scripture speaks of even how the earth is groaning, awaiting us, the revelation of the children of God. I know, I know that there are teachers who teach, you know, that the earth is going to be done away and there's going to be a new earth. And that may very well be true. There are others who teach that it is in this evolution, in the change that the newness is coming. Both of them may be a little bit true because I believe this, we can start now and continue it and glory, that I am saved today into forever. And I'm not waiting for a pause, I'm living it out now. And I wanna live it out to God's glory. So we've got to want this. And God meets us in that place. Again, one of us deciding is a good, beautiful thing because we have to make individual decisions. But we make individual decisions for collective impact. Do you want to know him? Now, the last part of the Philippians 310 uh, says, I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, when I first encountered that part, no. I figured I had enough suffering in my life, don't need any more, and wasn't down with that. So I had to study that as well. And um, what's often said is that this means the fellowship of his sufferings means that we fully identify with the broken body and shed blood of Christ, that we give our lives to share Christ with others. And yet I see within that even more meaning. Yes, it means to identify with Christ's broken body on the cross, but it also means to identify with Christ's broken body in the earth. 
Jesus's promise to never leave and never forsake places him in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our sorrow, in the midst of our experiences. When you and I look, uh, look at Jesus's life in the uh, New Testament, the Gospels, we constantly see images of Jesus with people who are suffering. Hebrew says we have a high priest who understands and, and is able to empathize because he was there, because he shared the experience. And so this fellowship of suffering is an invitation to, that invites us to share the suffering of others. And so we have this, this knowledge of God. I want to know him. I, I, I want to know and understand the depth of this relational God and how he calls me to be in relationship with people relationship with government, relationship with schooling and education, relationship with business. I want to know this God. And in my knowing this God and entering in, the power of the resurrection enters in because that power that raised Jesus from the dead, according to Ephesians, lives in you and I. And as we step into these situations, the resurrection power to change lives, to uplift lives steps in as well. But you and I have to be willing to enter into the fellowship of someone else's suffering and someone else's sorrow and understand that it's not going to kill us, maybe. Everyday sorrow, everyday suffering. For some of us who are called to go into war sorrow and war suffering, and there's no guarantee that there'll be a tomorrow, but they've chosen to enter into because God has called them that sorrow, that fellowship of suffering. Why? Because there's a resurrection. There is a resurrection. I want to know him. And in knowing him and being like him, I want to bring the earth to a place of resurrection, of restoration, of restoring. I want to see the kingdom come and people be uplifted. And I know that God has uniquely gifted me and you for the people he calls us to, those encounters that we have, that God is calling us. And I have something special. And in fact, when I was told, there are people who may be left waiting for me. Yes, God can raise up another, but he wants you. And he wants me to open our mouths and let resurrection come. He has set me free to know him. And knowing him sets me free to be like him. And that is the ultimate goal. Do you and I want to know him? And even in the midst of this pandemic, we can know him even deeper and share him even more. Let that be our prayer. Let that be our ambition, our goal, our purpose. And that his name be glorified. God bless you. God bless us in the hearing of his word. Amen. Give me some nods, folks. All right. Amen. Brad, back to you. Ooh. You guys remember that? Me starting with the wrong note. There was a moment when the light went out. Death had claimed its victory. The king of love had given up his life. The darkest day in history. 
upon a cross they made for sinners. For every curse his blood atoned. One final breath and it was finished. But not the end we could have known. For the earth began to shake. And the veil was torn. What sacrifice was made as the heavens?
Can you guys hear me? Ah, there we go. Listen, I really think it's so, um, well, first I wanna thank Brad for coming and sharing worship. Um, this is not necessarily the best venue, best way to do this. All our speakers may not pick up everything or maybe a little too twangy or whatever. I don't care about any of that stuff. Listen to me. What is what most important is that you and I together are lifting our voices up to God. Sometimes we can get really peculiar about, oh, I don't like that song or this person was out of tune and all this. But, you know, I love you guys. And so I'm just going to say it straight. The worship isn't just for you. In fact, it's not for you. The worship is for God. And if God finds our worship acceptable, then we should find the worship acceptable because what's important is us singing together. And so I'm going to keep doing this because Mosaic worships. And so we're going to sing. And lean, if, if, if it doesn't sound too great across the speaker, lean over a little more to your husband or your wife or your spouse and listen to them sing. And if they can't, sing louder or something. I don't know. But sing and enjoy the Lord because, listen, Worship lifts the spirit of heaviness. And so we have to have worship in our lives and we have to have it as a community. So I wanna thank you for participating. I wanna thank you for singing. I wanna thank you for listening. I thank you for all the things you added on to Facebook and the way you're praying and caring for each other. I thank you for lifting up the phone. God is doing amazing work with you and I. Just show us we don't need a building. It's hearts united that make us the church. And so we are this beautiful mosaic that gets to flow out into the world. So this people in Germany and New Zealand, I know for sure are watching our broadcast. People in England and Ireland are watching us. And so I take great joy to say thank you to you all for coming and sharing worship with us. And I thank my church with my whole heart that we are still together. I love you. I bless you. Be safe. Stay beautiful. Have a wonderful Sunday. God bless. Bye-bye.